This is March 23rd, the 11th episode of Talk Story. Talking story all the time. I can't believe we made it this far. Cheers to you. Cheers. It is actually really nice to be here tonight. I had a crazy week, a crazy day that ended with a pigeon in my apartment I <laughs> right before I got yeah, here. Yeah, you showed me that picture. It was pretty unreal. I mean, I never, well, you know, he maybe liked that picture that he was up against. And Oscar Sakaris, um, not for the birds. I <laughs> <laughs> like that pun. That's so good. Yeah. But um, so the bird left some I, presents. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was, was it hard to get out? Was it on the carpet? I'm like, yeah, it was on a lot of stuff. It was bad. It was a bad scene. You did not want to leave. What's your general feeling on pigeons in general? Do you think of them as flying rats oh and rodents and stuff like that? Or are you like, oh, it's a bird. How you cute. don't know. You're to... baiting me, really. I'm, I have a real <laughs> little chum in the water. Is there? I hate <laughs> pigeons with a passion. Oh, in I... general. That wasn't even just today. Beforehand. No. Are you kidding? This has been an ongoing battle. Fun this fact, is... everyone. Fun fact. Has anybody ever seen a baby pigeon? Where do they come from? Like you see pigeons full grown always, but you never see them as a baby. Yeah. I'm just well, you know, you can ask me another time, but I have all the pigeon talk that you could possibly want and more. I've been battling these things for years. They're a nuisance. They defecate everywhere. They actually try to lay nests everywhere. I have. Um, Do they have any significant purpose in the food chain, so to speak? Where yeah, if they in Europe, they're fine. Where they came from, that's where they're from. They do well. They're in their own range. Right. Everything is great, and then they just proliferate in urban environments around here because it has every nook and cranny that they want to nest, and there's plenty of food. So um, they're on my balcony and in my apartment. Now I left my door this much ajar. So I can get a little air. It's been beautiful out. And I had a pigeon just sitting on a photo on the wall, just relaxing. Like, <laughs> what are you doing here? And I was like, this is where I live. What are you doing here? And, 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 so to, and to be clear, when he says next time we might have some pigeon talk, he's not talking about Hawaiian slang. <laughs> no, uh, I am not. Despite the Aloha shirts today. Right. It's just our feathery friend. It is true pigeons. But we're here now. It's, yeah. it's Friday. It some would say Friday. Yes, we thank are, God. We are sipping on some thank you surfing. And, uh, you know, we're going to ease our way Things into the good. weekend. Weekly um, haps. I see, first and foremost, as most have it, at least in Hawaii, it's Aloha Friday. And I've taken uh -huh. it upon myself to usually wear my Aloha shirt every mm -hmm. Friday. And I want to congratulate you for wearing yours as well. I know that we'll get, get into this a little bit more. Yes, as, as some I have completely copied your style. I've got the same sort of threads. I got the same sort of bigote. I've been working on this for uh, a week. And um, that I'm, would probably take someone like Mark Gamez easily a year. It worked out pretty well in a week. I was pretty, pretty happy that it uh, turned out. It's not so as bad. It did. Yeah, it's getting there for seven days. Yeah, I don't think we're going much further. But anyway, we'll get into that later. <laughs> right. uh, what other weekly haps do we have? Oh, this is a big one. On Thank You Surfing right now, we have a gallery of like a hundred and some odd images from everything that happened on South Beach and Miami Beach during Riley. Really? It is bananas. Oh, yes, that's right. I thought. Yeah, it is really, really sick. The stuff that we got was just all time. And, it, and it's probably an eighth 
of the pictures oh and, the, my God. and the content that, so that everybody hard. has. They sent so much stuff over and I was trying really hard to try to like cull it down to something reasonable. And I was like, reasonable is probably 135 <laughs> images, right? I mean, it even takes the page a little bit to load, like nine or 10 seconds because there's so many images on that thing. I tried, but I couldn't take away some of them. Wow. I was going through the whole gallery like, this is okay. good. This I need, is good. I, yeah, this I need to, I need to get some of these off of here. I'm just going to star the ones that are good. Star, 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 <laughs> star. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not making a gallery. I'm just like making a heap. I'm making a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like, Why did I volunteer for this? Uh, but it turned out labor amazing. Love, sir. It's yeah. a labor of love. When I got all their images and I saw that there was like uh, lifestyle stuff, people just like hang out on the beach. There's people like, like portraits almost of people coming in and coming out of the water and just and what, and what's great about pictures and what, what they capture in a sense of the essence of the moment of, of, of the feeling and stuff like that, you know, and they say that, you know, pictures, you know, can tell you a thousand words, yeah. so to speak. And, and, um, it's not just the pictures of surfing. It's not the pictures of the moves and stuff like that, but it's also a lifestyle and everything going around. And, and as you flip through that, you almost feel like you're there and you almost feel the yes. energy. You almost feel that because it's so crazy and such a great feeling. And you get on the beach and those swell moments and stuff like that. And you have onlookers that haven't ever seen that, you know, because Miami isn't known for right. surf in general, let alone good big surf. Yeah. So when people come around, it's, it's the unicorn. Yep. That that's is what, South that's beach. why we called it that. Right? Yeah. And, uh, but it, it really speaks to so many different ways. And that's, I think one of the most amazing things about surfing is, uh, what that does to us, each of us emotionally in, in all different ways. And, and yeah, whatnot. it was but, awesome. Yeah. Such, and like to go through it and put it all back up there. So, so you guys check, check it out. out. Thank you. Surfing's uh, gallery of, uh, of awesome. Winter storm Riley. Yes. The unicorn. Other weekly hops we have, uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, we, we had a death in the surf shop family about a week and a half ago and um, with for Malacca and uh, we're all still kind of processing it and, mm -hmm. and, and trying to kind of find some reason through it. And uh, it's, it's been amazing to see the outpouring of love and uh, connections within the community um, that kind of supports each other through the process and celebrates this, this man's beautiful life. And he was just so full of energy and, and vigor. And he was just like, just a new one speed and it was just all or nothing. And literally be like, dude, I love your shirt. And he'd be like, here you go. It, like when he says he'd take the shirt off his back, he would give you the shirt off his back and we're going to miss him. Um, but we're going to do things to go ahead and celebrate his life. We have a paddle out coming up April 2nd, which is not this Monday, but the following Monday on third street uh, at about 6 PM. We'll be meeting at the third street lifeguard tower. Um, please bring boards and flowers. Uh, you don't have to paddle out. You can celebrate on the beach. And if you don't have a board, we've got plenty of boards here. Please come by. All you got to do is leave an ID or a credit card and you can go ahead and take a board out. And you know, the more the merrier, we really want to go ahead and send him out mm -hmm. into his next journey uh, with a lot of love and a lot of presence. But also tomorrow we'll be raising some money for his family uh, at Purdy, uh, Purdy Lounge, which is here on Miami Beach uh, at about 9 p.m. Um, we'll be serving Cosquina, which is Peruvian beer, as well as, uh, as some Pisco Sours. And all those proceeds are going to go to his family. So I'll be there. It'll be fun. Uh, DJ Maramoto, uh, which is an old time local from here. She'll be playing 
bunch of 80s music so it's really super fun we're trying to get a slideshow going as well so 9 p.m purdy lounge tomorrow saturday swing by drink some beer drink some pisco sours let's have a good time let's celebrate this guy's life and uh let's raise some good money for his family um past that uh not much else going on other than in winwood at our division and uh, skate tattoo shop we're doing uh facebook live every friday uh, so tonight those. that starts off at 9 p.m and goes on we'll have some beverages there so free drinks if you happen to be in winwood cruise by you know check out some of the antics it's pretty funny uh these guys getting tattoos that people on facebook are voting on to see who's gonna get what what a concept yeah <laughs> So I was there last week. It was too good. Um, but it's, and besides that, we have regular artists there too. So if you want to just get a regular tattoo while that's going on, you're more than welcome to do that too. That's tonight from nine to about midnight. And that's going on every Friday for the next like seven weeks. That's all I got. That is the weekly haps. That is the weekly haps. Moving on forward. Yes. You know, had a little wave yesterday. The report and the forecast. Yes. Had a little wave yesterday. I am still tingling. I'd only got an hour and a half out of it, but man, that hour and a half felt like a whole day's worth. Yeah. Thursday was a good day in South Florida. Yes. And, but it didn't start off that way. I came out here early morning looking as a lot of people did. And we had that, it was the North wind seemed like it was pretty on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The waves were somewhat minimal. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw a lot of pelicans dive bombing as well as bait fish jumping all over the place. And just these weird guys in gray suits cruising around. Yeah. How about them? And, and they're always been there. And it's one of those things where everyone's kind of been staying in their lane. You know, Mm -hmm. nobody's dealing with sharks and the sharks aren't coming at us. So everything's cool, but you know, it's kind of small and a little chilly to kind of jump out there. Yeah. I've heard that from a few folks. At what time did it pick up yesterday? Mm. I'd say probably around 11, 11 a.m. <sighs> Missed it by a couple hours. Or was when I first started to see uh, more of a, a real swell show up. And for us down here, for those of you that don't live down here and might check our cameras out and stuff like that, for me, an indicator is the water lapping up against the jetty. You know, you look, you look at that jetty and you see, and you, for swell at least, if you, if you see some water rising and coming down and rising and coming down and kind of just moving, or you're like, man, there's some energy moving yeah. out there. Whether you see the wave breaking or not, you're like, there's something going on right now. And for me, that's always been an indicator of strength, the surf that we get down here. Yeah, that's totally it. And so what we had happen this week was a cold front came down, draped across the whole state and a northwest, well, actually really a west-northwest and then a northwest wind kind of blew in. We got a little bit of a bump on Wednesday evening. It right. was rideable right. just before dark. Right before dark. Um, and then the winds kind of sat down for a little bit up coast, and um, and then started to blow a little bit harder again, um, maybe late that night. So the Did that earth- explain why it was kind of mellow in the morning yeah. and then kind of came in a little bit later. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, you know, the general consensus was that we we're going to see something real good on Thursday morning. Um, and it really just didn't pan out that way. Right. It was, I mean, by 11 o'clock, it was much better than it was at, say, dawn. Um, so when do you, when did it turn on? Yeah, like noon, probably noon through the evening hours. Because yeah. um, I got there at about 630 and surfed until seven. and I had a blast, but everybody around me was like, man, you should have been here earlier. It was just cranking all day. And I'm just like, some people are like, I've surfed the last five, six hours. I'm like, <gasps> yeah. It was one of those. Um, and so interestingly, like um, after the whole thing kind of happened, I looked back at the buoy readings and you can actually see um, pretty clearly, in my opinion, why we got the conditions we got. There was that early, long, uh, excuse me, short period stuff that we got in the morning was like, 
oh, okay, that's fun. But, you know, I was waiting for something a little bit bigger based on what I had seen. Right. Um, and it's like, that's kind of strange. They didn't show. I wonder, hmm, are we going to get skunked here? And then lo and behold, you know, the stuff that did show on the wind started to show up in terms of swell on the buoys. And I was like, oh, it's actually still inbound. And it should show up in about eight hours. And I did the, uh, the calculation. Like, basically, from Canaveral south, um, most of our swells take, give or take, eight to ten right. hours or so. Right to get down here. And I was like, holy cow, it was actually like right on the money. The peak of that energy from the Canaveral buoy reached our shores around eight hours after it started to show on that buoy. And it kept going until the buoy dropped. And that was around eight o'clock at night when it should have arrived here. And I was like, oh, so okay. that actually verified. P.S. I have no idea where that 10 second energy came from. It's it's a complete mystery to science as far as I know. Um, and yet the Bermuda Triangle strikes again. Yeah. It was I'm telling a, you, I'm claiming so, that thing. It was a really good example of like what people call like a bounce swell right. or a refracto swell right. or whatever Wind else. Swell. I mean, the buoy showed a straight pretty much north swell at 10 seconds at seven seconds uh, at seven feet. So like that's that's what was happening. Where it came from is really hard to figure out because even the storm that was uh, departing from the New England coast, marginally in our window, would have produced something like more than like the 12 second range or right. so. And so I have no idea. And, you know, all the other forecasters out there like got a lot of guff this time. Sure. Because they're off just slightly. I mean, can we remind people that nature just does whatever she wants? <laughs> and at any given point, like, yeah, she'll give us the indicators and yeah, she'll cut and, yeah, you know, you'll mm -hmm. kind of see patterns and stuff like that. But it's not an exact mm. science. Okay, great. Great segue into the forecast then because next week. I do this professionally, people. I don't know what you think I do during the day, this whole surf shop thing. Yeah, mm. he's got the segues down. Uh, next week's forecast, I'm following the trend. Things have been good. We've been getting lows moving off the mid-Atlantic or just the New England coast and cold fronts draping down and getting swell. Looks like again uh, this week coming up, we got a storm that's going to depart um, the mid-Atlantic coast. It's forecast to strengthen rapidly and move up um, towards the northeast. All within our window, all a storm that should throw swell back in our direction. So we're looking at, again, this upcoming week, more ground swell uh, in the water for Florida. So what you're saying is we're going to have more waves Yeah. in March. More this waves in March. easily one of the best marches I can even remember. Uh, in terms of... Ground swell, I'd say you're probably right. This is usually a transition month for us, and we get a lot of wind swell. And like, mm -hmm. it's fun normally. We get like northeast wind swell, east wind swell at spring break. Everyone's kind of just like hanging out, and it's really warm. This has been like winter time right. um, during the normal transition month. So I'll, I'll take, take it. it. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> you owe me a Coke. Okay. <laughs> or a beer. <laughs> just kidding. We don't drink beer. Never. Uh, I think that's pretty much the report in the forecast. So, so what day are we looking at maybe next week? What range of dates? Oh, yeah. I mean, do so we have it's, anything it's, coming up this weekend? No, nah, it's looking, I mean, pretty small um, for the most, if, if we're down here for sure. I mean, there's a little hint of something like sniffing around, maybe around the right tides at the right spots. Right. Um, but for the most up the part, road. up the road, there's going to be a little swell. Um, right. But looking more towards middle of the week. Middle of the week. 
Tuesday starts to become a little bit interesting. We're looking at, you know, still a few days out, so it's hard to say exactly, but how are the winds in the whole process? Yeah, maybe not so great. So, um, stay tuned, I would say, but right. we got something coming into our window. It looks like a fairly major storm. So listen, water is moving. Swell. You yeah. got a board, get out there. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a board. See me. <laughs> that is the business you're in. Hey, listen, you need wax. See me too. Hey, you need a high five. I will give you one. All about that business. Eh, well, you know, that's what keeps the lights on and the mics on too. Yeah. Ah, look at that. <laughs> wow. uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to move this along here. Let's do it. All right. Um, so we got a couple topics today. Yeah. Two topics. One is the surf movie and the other is how to dress like a surfer. Right. So the first, the which, surf movie, which surf movie are you talking about? Well, I was Netflix has got, um, endless summer on it now. <laughs> and so I was just scrolling through the other night. Couldn't figure out what to watch. And I was like, it's been a little while. Let me, let me try this out. And when I put it back on, I was like, wow. What was the first surf movie that you can remember that, that you still remember that like influenced you, so to speak? In the summer too. In the summer too. Why? Yeah. Which uh, part? Costa Rica? I, uh, the J-Bay. whole thing. I mean, really just the intros of both of those movies right. um, are so captivating. Right. And I think it's, they pulled people in that are from outside of surfing really easily. And I was, when I was watching it last night, I was like, why is this stood the test of time? Why is this so captivating to so many people across the world? And I have a bunch of different notions on that. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a very, um, attractive thing that they put forth in those films. You know, it's interesting with there's there's a different types of films where you have ones like Endless Summer where there's the voiceover and they kind of just carry you through this journey mm-hmm. and they take you to the different places, feelings, the smells, the scents, the food. Um, and then you have surf flicks that are the, the music uh, uh-huh. is according to the, to the movie where it could be fast, it could be hard, um, you know, aggressive, uh, or it could be done in a cinematic kind of way like... Um, like Taylor Steele was doing for such a long time where like, I, I think of, uh, uh, sipping jet streams, uh-huh. uh, where like that could relate to someone that's not a surfer. Like mm-hmm. you could put that as a background. Well, that's video. more like in the realm of, I think, in the summer. Right. Uh, right. It's, it was, it was without, like, but without the, without the voice, oh, I guess there is some talking here and there, but it's, yeah, no, he definitely but, used voiceover. Right. But I, I felt like endless summer is a story from start to finish, I guess they're all kind of stuff. You know what? Yeah, they're all kind of stories, but it's, but it's, but it's an interesting, I guess it's an interesting approach that they each different take where you have the director or, you know, whoever is the two surfers that are in that process, because like you have sipping gestures, a couple different surfers and they all, I guess, have their own interpretations. Whereas the other ones are just the same people that are going to different places nonetheless, but the impact that they have and the summer was good for you. It, it, it was, and the summer two, especially it had the whole like longboard, shortboard dichotomy. And I was like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. I didn't know that was like a thing I could, didn't even. Right. uh, and then just the idea of traveling as part of surfing, you know, like surfing for me was where I was, you know, and I was like, Oh, there's waves here. So I go surfing here. The idea to like go travel somewhere else to go find a wave that you didn't know about or. It's like, oh, you can do that. It's <laughs> like, this is a whole new realm of possibility. 
I was like, I didn't know that I had to learn about traveling. I was just trying to learn how to surf. <laughs> just trying to live. <laughs> but so that, that I think was like a super uh, cool part of endless summer too, for me was just like introducing that. And then like, it was, I actually, I grew up watching Warren uh, Miller ski movies. And if you guys are ski fans and you haven't watched anything from Warren Miller, check them out. Oddly enough, those two guys kind of grew up um, in the same circles. Um, Warren and Miller or Warren Miller and someone else? Warren Miller and kidding. Bruce Brown. Listen, there's comedy all the time. Sorry, here. I uh, mistook that for an actual question. But uh, Bruce Brown, Warren Miller, those guys were kind of like contemporaries, especially when it came for like uh, the car world and moto. They were like doing like the foremost films and that stuff as well. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And Warren Miller was more on the ski side and then Bruce Brown was doing a lot of the surf stuff, but they had a similar style and they did like the voiceover. They um, were super into um, music and like every, they would have all these cuts with different music and scenes and you're right in the sense like it was like they were showing you like the food and like right. the lifestyle right. and the music and the, and they would inject their own like stupid humor and like, and then what I really liked but, about but that, the summer, I loved that humor, like all that zany, like. But that became hokey. your humor, right? Like, uh, like you surf turkey, you know, yeah. <laughs> like Dick Dale music playing in the background, uh -huh. you know, just like bleeding on the neck of the guitar and just like, it's so good. There's like certain lines that you can go back to in all those movies that those guys said, God, like sixty years ago now. Right. And they're just part of our culture. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting just to see how influential like the surf movie has been. So we can go like way the hell back. Um, were they were they prominent? Because I know you grew up in New York. Uh -huh. Were they prominent? Like, did you have surf films happen consistently in your town? Or they were? What are you crazy? No, no way. Well, because I know that down here we really did. And I like I remember like all the surf flicks that would come down. They usually stopped at Fort Lauderdale. They never came down to Miami. And I'd be like, come no. on. We've got surf culture down here. We got people like waves and they would never come down here. So you'd have to venture north and do all that stuff. And, and it was tough. So the very limited times that we had stuff down here, everybody was at. Like I remember the first time I went to one, um, it was on Washington Avenue at what is now Club Madonna's. It was called the Roxy Theater. Get out. It was crazy, but it was the Roxy Theater and it was like uh, an, an adult theater. And so I remember going there and um, it was for actually, funny enough that I have it on VHS, Surfers 2. And uh, with uh, Martin Potter on the cover. And I remember specifically that they had this at the Roxy Theater and uh, Surf Rider was there. And they were giving out pamphlets and stuff like that to, to become a member. And that's the what everyone used to sit on. <laughs> I could seats there. And I specifically remember, I remember because oh, it was like, God. I went with a bunch of guys and uh, I remember Mikey Watson, who's an old school uh, South Beach local here that lives in Hawaii now. I remember he, his grandmother lived right there off of, off of Lincoln Road in, in an apartment back there. And after the surf flick, we all got pizza and we went to his place and at his grandmother's place and we watched uh, the surf flick 
another surf flick and just ate pizza and stuff like that. But it was, it was, I think it was, it was almost like this, this tribal thing, like, because we don't get it that often, mm -hmm. it was like, if you were a surfer and you were there, then you were a surfer. Like you were part of that clique, whether you uh -huh. were from the North or from the South, or maybe you didn't congregate with anybody and you surf somewhere else. It was else like on a your gathering own. point. Right. It was a gathering point because there wasn't that many of us, uh -huh. you know, there wasn't that many, not much going on back then, you know, and oh. back then for me as much Speaking earlier, of tribal, that's is, like, what do they call that? A powwow. Yes. That's exactly it is, what it it's very like. Much a powwow. Huh. That's right. So, uh, surfers too was, was actually Im Im impressive to me. And, and it's, and it's just that the whole, and it's still exciting to like go to surf flicks, like in California and whatnot. Um, because people still hoot and they holler and they get crazy and you're just like, Oh my God, you're transported like 30 years and you're a Grom again. And you're just like hooting and hollering and you know, and then you're just so excited. You're so charged when you walk out of there. I had not that experience. No. <laughs> no, I had like completely different experience with this. Um, mine was whatever I could pretty much find at like a, not even Blockbuster, but like the local video store, whatever that was. And then I guess when Blockbuster came in, there was like more selection really, but it'd be like whatever was in like the sports rack of the VHS. Wow. It was like how to golf. It's like Jack Nicholas's 10 tips or whatever. And right. then it's like next to that was like red hot surfing Hawaii action. And I was like, Oh, I'm getting that one. <laughs> and like, I would just like rewind that stuff at home by myself. And that, that was, that was like surf movies for me. That's how I got introduced to like, it's amazing. The movies. transition of surf flicks from the original and the summer. And well, even before that, was even like, before like that, eight was... millimeter stuff, just right. like, that you did because you were a complete nerd. Right. And then you'd show some of your friends and your friends would be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe right. we should do this in your garage. And the next thing you know, they're like doing it. Right. Like you saw it in a theater somewhere. Right. Right. And now, uh, you know, and it was, it was just, it was just, but like they were going to exotic places. They were going to Indo for the first oh, time. Oh, that's a like whole on your other morning thing. of the earth and stuff like that. Like all in, and then how that transitioned into what flicks were like in the eighties. Oh, I was looking at, um, what just came out the other day. Oh, um, forgotten Island of Santosha. Whoa. I saw that you sent that to me today. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. Or even oh, I have it. it. Oh no my, way. yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Um, it's about, well, basically Jerry Lopez at Uluwatu and like, early like they just got there themselves yeah because you get tore up there you're screwed uh, you i can yeah. say screwed on live yeah. tv can i you can say anything you'd like yeah, wonderful uh you're screwed <laughs> because you get wiped across the reef you just gotta rub it cool yeah and no one's there yeah. i mean this is very early days in bali yeah oh man that's amazing and then where it went to into the eighties and you had like things that were impressive to me were like, well, they had a ton videos of money. like green iguana and bunyip dreaming and all this other stuff that the Aussies were putting together. And it was just like, and then all of a sudden the music started to become just as important as the actual footage itself. That kind of just like got you going and stuff like that. Cause it puts you in that place. It was, was that, the whole change of the industry right was, there in the eighties. And then it just further told that story. It was that emotional connection to sometimes, where they were at. but sometimes I think that was, I think the changing point, I think prior to that, there was a lot of like storytelling right. and where we are right. and like the struggle because there was a struggle, <laughs> a lot more of a struggle than there is now. Yeah. People were like, Oh man, I got to fly 30 hours. You're like, yeah, we flew 
for days. Three times <laughs> that many. Because it was like puddle jumpers right. the whole way. And, and if you like, didn't bring your own TP, you were. Yeah, it's exactly using right. leaves. Yeah. And hopefully it wasn't poison ivy. Yeah, it, it was completely different. It's like, yeah, there was no Poppy's Lane and you're going to go stay in a nice little spot and yeah. then someone's going to take you out to the beach. It's like, no, no, no. You're yeah, like, like oh, hack your way through. Go to Costa Rica or wherever. You're going to stay in this bungalow. No AC. No AC? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is no way before all that stuff. Come on, I'm a grown man now. I can. But then in the '80s, money started to come into yes. the pro surf scene. Well, industry kind of like right. There was picked like up real surf industry, right. and that's when we started to see like funded trips. Right. You're like, oh wait, what? <laughs> right. We can stay at nice places right. now. You're gonna right. pay for our airfare. Right. And then we roll into the '90s. And then you have like the era of like your momentum area. Yeah. I mean, you can't you stay nineties without momentum. I mean, easily. That was, I mean, that's yeah. where all the kids came out. Oh, they were, they were kids. Your Kalani Robs, your Kelly Slaters, you know, your, you know, everybody, everybody. Rob Machado and your Shane Dorians, Taylor Knox, Pat, Pat O'Connell, like yeah. all these guys, you know, and for, at that point, that's when, you know, things just went low, low, like as far as like what they were doing. But back then, I mean, even in board designs, right? These guys had longer boards, but they were like one and seven eighths thick, <laughs> you know, but they like, but they're doing chop hops on with six eights, yeah. you know, and stuff like that because, totally they need, you know, area. it was completely different. And now we're like in shorter, stubbier boards, but, um, the music and the, uh, the filmmaking style of those was completely unlike what the predecessors have been. It was less about like storytelling. Right. Um, and there was just like a punk rock soundtrack, right. just yeah, it was like short clips. You had your, you know, Blink 182s, Sublime. Sublimes. Yeah. Uh, Motorhead was good back then. Like, uh, <laughs> so eight, th this is Spades was like still the best song ever. One of the craziest things that I noticed was um, a lot of these things that I listened to and I was like, just music that I always heard because I watched these videos so much. Oh, these guys, these bands are all popular now. It's like a weird side effect that I started to notice from like all the surf videos that I ever watched. Uh, oh, like Shelter, which is a later one. Uh -huh. But it was like, oh yeah, like Mason Jennings in that. Mason Jennings is now enormously popular, right. and he was September just September Sessions, and you're Jack yeah, Johnson, exactly. you know, and like and where that kind of spawned off to and stuff like that. But it's so influential in many different ways outside of surfing, easily. But anyway, back to the momentum days. Yeah, those short clips, the punk rock thing. It was a completely w different way. And like they even messed around with like doing like, uh, what was that? The show? You ever see that one? Yes. It was like spaghetti Western <laughs> surf movie. Like he was like in film school. And so I guess they just sort of like doing right. super weird stuff. I mean, and then they, and then you go into stuff like loose change, uh huh. loose change where it had like Rob Machado and all these guys. And all of a sudden they're like, Hey, we're a bunch of sketches. Let's go ahead and do sketches and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was, it was great because then you're just like, Oh, we're not taking ourselves so seriously. Oh, we're personalities. Oh, we're people. We're just having a good time. Kind of like you and I kind of just started this on having a good time and just being like a couple surf knuckleheads and let's just go ahead and have fun with it. These guys took it to a whole new level Yeah, they did. Uh, because they kind of killed it in their sections. Whereas don't watch us. And yeah. No we have, we have no good sections. <laughs> <laughs> Except this one. We can make the blooper reel for right. probably. I'm He's, hoping. I'm, I'm, my wipeouts might be good enough. I'm working on it though. I, I try to start my session off with one. 
<laughs> Actually, I don't try. It Get just, ha- it just happens. It just yeah. happens. It's Speaking just like, of. So now that we got that out of the way. Yeah, I got this, uh, that scar from Riley's healing up pretty nicely. I'm a little concerned that I got too much sun, so I may scar permanently. And your modeling career might be on hold now? <sighs> I don't know. Well, Unless we'll they have a spot for the creepy van guy. Yeah, I've got this good mustache going, so. There's there's a lot not working in my favor right now as far as the modeling careers go. I like the mustache. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, I wish people might chime in and say, you know what, Bradley, keep the mustache. Let's see. I, I mean, have you ever tried growing it? Growing it? Like getting there? Like this thing? I've done. I did uh, one of those Movember things, uh-huh. and I did a. This is a week, so you can imagine. It's not four bad. Weeks. It's pretty decent. I think in four weeks it would be pretty serious. Listen, when you start chewing on it with every meal that you have, and then you're like pulling out hair as you're doing it, then you're like, okay, maybe this should it's be trimmed. It's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awful. It sucks. Yeah, well, we'll see next week if this is still here. Um, we definitely came way off the surf movie topic here. I mean, I'm wincing. I know, sorry. Um, we'll, we'll keep moving forward. But the, the influences of, of these surf flicks and, and what they've done to surfing, because at the momentum time, at that point, progression was starting to really kick in. But it was because VHS was out, I think. Right. And it right. was everybody, you could, I don't know, there was like VHS of the month but, club. I mean, right. And, Columbia I mean, you, you had House all these all old school videos. Like you had all the lost videos. I mean, all the lost oh, videos were there. And then the lost like, videos, I mean, lost across like, America, what lost really at sea. really went wrong. There's like five, the, the five, five, five. This is the Redux okay. one, but the original Five Five was out of control. By the way, the Redux does include the original Five Five, nineteen and a quarter, and a whole lot of extras. If you want to get a very long surf movie at a very cheap price, you want to buy Five Five and Nine, nineteen and a quarter. Yeah, nineteen and a quarter Redux. But you can't buy it here because nobody sells them anymore. Yeah, no one sells these. I don't know where you'd even. <laughs> You're get gonna have this. to jump online. People, I remember somebody asked I, me. The I, other day. I have one also, oddly. Uh, there's a lot of Kern in this one. Yes. Um, Talk about Kern. God, the, the Kern, search, searching for Tom Kern. Yeah, the, you got Kern in a mohawk riding what looks like the new Tomo boards. Right. Back then. So you want to pick this one up, folks. So good. But uh, like, Lost but, at Sea. Right. But all those videos are, so are all the DVDs and VHs are kind of obsolete at this point. Like, I can't remember right. the last. Like, I remember about 10 years ago when we got into this game as far as starting a surf shop. You know, it was important to have a good rack of DVDs for people to oh come. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. So, so like I remember having my you orders don't have and a stuff DVD like rack. that. Yeah, no, like and it, got, it probably we kind of held on to that for a couple of years, and it slowly just went away out of demand. I uh-huh. guess people just didn't like it. Became a novelty for like Christmas as a gift, mm-hmm. you know, stocking stuffer. But past that, now you can go and just download stuff. You know, garage entertainment has like stuff where you can kind of f- just go. I mean, I'm a subscriber towards it. You go and pay X amount of dollars per month or for the year uh-huh. and you get access to just not only just surfing, but you have snowboarding and Ooh. all sorts of levels. Yeah, it's really Sounds good. Sounds like I have another monthly subscription. <laughs> <laughs> I just wait for like uh, people to put it out on social media and they're like, hey, we just did another edit. Check it out on Vimeo. Check it out on YouTube. Right. And so now it becomes engagements where now we like as a surf shop, we work with, you know, surf companies and everybody else. And it's just it becomes a gathering point. And it's more marketing than it is the actual, you know, making any sort of money off of it. I mean, there's just so much that goes into the production of these things from the sleeves to the actual DVD and to the pressing yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So now That's with everything being is. digital, right yeah. now with everything being digital, it's just like direct to consumer. So, you know, yeah. And fast and fast it's cr- things change but you know it's influence it's still surf movies it's still I, I still like to see like full lane stuff i still like to see the shorts i wonder if anybody 
younger or people that are just getting into surfing kind of look into some of like, well, I wonder if there's a, a way to kind of look into some of the old surf flicks to be able to understand where things have kind of progressed. I mean, I'm, I don't know if there's everybody that's a nerd out there like that, but you kind of nerd out a little bit and you're just like, I mean, like Kelly Slater's black and white. I mean, yeah. that is just you know what I OG. Do? I should put together a list of these things and post them as like a blog post. I kind will help like you with this list. Required viewing. Yeah, I will help you with this list and shortly we'll have it on the thank you surfing. Yeah, shortly. Thanks for throwing me. Hey, how's that list going? Oh, God. Page, page, yeah, maybe page, we'll have, page. No, we can do, we can also like maybe get uh, some help from, yeah. from like everybody out there in the world and just be like, send me your list and we'll just start compiling it or something. Is there an email or a place that they can go ahead and just send you yeah. some information? They can always contact me at thankyousurfing at gmail.com or through any of the social media. We're out there. DM, do whatever. You can also find me on the beach. Yeah. I am on the beach quite often, especially when there's waves. Yeah, and I'm here at the shop. Yeah. Drop off a list of him. Drinking soup. Um, next topic is, oh, you know what? I want to bring Caleb, who has been doing our audio and visual, into the mix. Um, hopefully nothing blows up while he's doing this. Um, Except our live feed. Because uh, we're going to... Oh, wow. Another seg. I don't know if that's a segue. You're like the hype man and segue guy. Listen, now? it's winter music conference right now. Oh, there yeah. are things going out there. There are people partying. It is, and it's funny. It's one of those things where just going out surfing yesterday. I I made a, a comment where I was just like, oh my god, I feel like we have waves every winter music conference because I remember sitting out in the water sure. and Nikki Beach is right across from us. And it's if for those of you that may not know, it's just a beach club that is just all about that electronic music mm -hmm. and it's super hot and chic and stuff like that. A lot of bass. Hear, right, but you can definitely hear it in the water. And it's one of those things where you're waiting for a set and you're like, oh my yeah. god, yeah. I am bobbing to the... Stop it! Yeah, and on the weekends, you get like the, the bacon coming from Big Pink uh. and the eggs and a little bit of base, suntan lotion. It is a very bizarre place. But it's great because it throws people off and then a set comes through and you're like, is that that song? They're like, what? And then you're like, boom, I got you! It's a chess match out there. Mm -hmm. Caleb, you want to jump in here? Caleb, let's we... get you in the middle of this. Alright. Cable. Speaking of, of facial hair, this guy. Look at this. What this happens when you beautiful. don't do anything for a this long is, time? That's beautiful. So God, it's so good. For those of you that can't grow facial hair, be envious. What we um, just give it time. It'll come. It's good. It's good. Uh, that's a good advice, actually. It does. Uh, the topic we're about to get into is <laughs> how to dress like a surfer. I think I've done my job. I've copied Chris. Apparently, he, I'm a surfer. He owns a surf shop, so I think that's a pretty good indication that I've got the style correct. I've got a mustache. I've got an Aloha shirt. But what um, is style? Caleb, I don't know if he. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's a surfer. It's kind of confusing. He might be. He might not be. Good. Um, I want to confuse you. That's good. That's my goal. Which actually brought up the whole question, like. How do you dress like a surfer? What the hell does that even mean? I mean, uh, throughout time, it's changed, right? I mean, you have in the 50s, and you, you had kind of like that, like, you had the Pomodoro, you had like, kind of like a certain uh -huh. look. It was kind of still kind of greaser-esque uh, when you were kind of dressed up a little bit. But, I mean, but... but where are they what? jacking that look from? Probably like car culture and well, stuff, but, right? Yeah, because at the same time, car, and car culture is still a big part of the surf culture a little bit. You have a lot of guys that really kind of get into some bikes and motorcycles and the mechanics of things. And, and, I, and it just, you know, I, I guess 
you know, the nature around your normal area will influence what you look like. So we're in a metropolitan city being in Miami, an mm -hmm. international city, and there's so many different flavors and right. So like the Aloha share would be so typical of our environment. Sure. I mean, I think it's not really, but I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where in Hawaii you have a, like, a, you know, a dress down, you know, business, like a look would be an Aloha shirt and some slacks, you know, um, in, in, Hawaii. General, in Hawaii for sure. And, and here it would be a Guayabera, you know, if, if, the, if you were doing that same concept. So, but I think the Aloha shirt still kind of represents um, some, you know, a, a little bit of a, a dressed upness, uh, but at the same time, it's still relatively casual. I mean, but I think maybe people look at it and say, resort wear. <laughs> yes. You know? Yep. That's yeah. basically it. There you're either That's what an old man on vacation or yeah. you're a surfer looking at you. <laughs> True story. True story. That's it. Which is why I think it's so funny. But style is 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 based on interpretation, right? It's it's for within each one of us how we interpret what we what we feel, how we look, how we want to look, how we want to present ourselves. Um, perception, as Rudy had mentioned, kind of earlier, um, and that changes. I mean, I like. I mean, again, Cobb's a surfer, and you know he's dressed kind of relatively casual and kind of hipster and you know uh -oh. he's just hip he's just maybe he's not a hipster because right. i feel like there's Let's such a it. negative connotation to hipster it really <laughs> is I, it's like everyone's like hipster what man bun has he got something underneath there you he's know? just but trying to use like I'm young kids vocabulary whatever you crazy kids are using these days uh, I, don't know. I mean but like his style you, is no style i mean but do you but there but how much effort maybe. is there how much effort is there like how, how much effort do you put in every morning when you're getting dressed <laughs> pretty much zero that's and, good and when you shop, do you shop for clothing? Excuse me? Right. <laughs> I guess not. Um, this shirt was given to me by my brother. I think I got these pants because I needed to. By like <laughs> someone was like, you need to have gray pants. I was like, okay, I need to Where buy gray pants. Where does one get these gray pants? <laughs> and I went on Amazon and I bought these gray pants from Ugh, Amazon. Volcom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus but Christ. that was uh, pretty much the uh, extent of, you know, where I do buy a lot of clothing is for my friends and relatives here at First Shop. Great plug. I like him. But I mean, like for you, like, uh, do, do you put much effort into how you look? Like, do you think about it? Like, does it represent being a surfer? Dressing like a surfer? I want to dress not like a surfer. What does that mean then? Because I don't want people to look at me and think I'm a surfer. So if I go out in the water and I like don't suck, then they're like, oh, there's a guy that's not a surfer that doesn't suck. <laughs> but if I roll up with like long hair and like a Hawaiian shirt and all the, the whole thing and like, what's that bro? Like the whole, yeah. And then I go out there and I suck. They're like, well, some sort of poser. so much pressure on me right ah, now. Yeah. Interesting. so so you dress for like another sport right. or like dress like a farmer that's that's the two my go-to dress off. if you're gonna go play volleyball you wear like indoor soccer shoes because they're like oh well he sucks at volleyball but maybe he plays soccer really good right so i just see like lower, my, you lower, lower their the expectations yeah. it's not even like you, a lowering of expectations you like, it's like you it's, catch a wave and they're like, oh okay cool you don't have to shred. You just have to like you just be like, out there. Misdirecting everything. Exactly. But listen, I, listen. There's truth to that because I remember when I lived in Hawaii. Like, you had all these Japanese people. The the Hawaii to Japanese people is like Miami to New York people. Like, it's their Riviera. Okay. You know, and so you would come and they would just buy boards and like they would have 
they're walking out to the beach. They had the bleached oh, hair, and they would just be labeled out, and the boards com- got complete labels all over the place. And if you were to just look at it, all I like, can think is Dumb and Dumber when he walks out, all set up like in the speed scheme, super gear. set up, like, like you just like, and like you would see some of them, <laughs> so and like good. and you'd be like, they would look like they'd rip, and you're just like, oh, this kid must kill. Yeah, but then it. he's so, got his fins in backwards or something, and you're like, <laughs> but it, but it's one of those things where those impressions matter because you go out in the water and your surfing really kind of dictates where you're with the pecking order in the lineup, right? Because somebody sees you surf, uh, you goofed it on the big set wave, all of a sudden you're goosed, you're in the uh-huh. back of the line, sort of speak, you know. All of a sudden you look like you fit the part, but all of a sudden you can't even catch the wave, and you look like you know you're coconut ball stance on the on the board and you're just like compete wide stance you're no good and people are like oh and then all of a sudden you've now become that guy so, so you, you gotta, gotta, you gotta look if you the downplay it if you downplay it where you're just like i look like i suck i whatever and then you kill it people are like oh hmm. homie knows what's up homie knows just what's up. low expectations it. via style interesting now the secret's out though so, <laughs> so and, but like when you shop do you i mean do you go shop at surf shops or you just find your stuff wherever something attracts to you is it do you specifically go shopping because there's you know people go hey i need to buy new clothes i'm going to here i'm going to here and i'm going to buy clothes and some people are just like i just pick up stuff along the way i get a lot of hand-me-downs i wear a lot of hand-me-downs rudy gave me the shirt it's never we're shopping at rudy's is always good i don't it's even know nice. what it is what's but... that velvet I'm just kidding. What is this? Velvet? <laughs> Something nice. Herbs and berries in there? I bought this hat at a thrift store in Colorado. It's a cool hat. It is a cool hat. And mm. I thought it was like, for $3, of course. Well, there you have it. And then I put the, which side is that? Yeah. yeah. yeah we got um, some branding there. Yeah. So some sort of like opportunistic fashion sense. Yeah, oh, for sure. Opportunistic, that's, that's the good description huh. of it. If it's cheap and easy to... Yeah. yeah, and I find it weird that I even got into retail because growing up, I was just like, whatever, whatever, like hand-me-downs as well, this and that. But but within the whatevers, I still had within myself, and that was just me, a personal sense of how I wanted things to match or the little subtleties, like, you know, like the yellow hit on a shirt might be subtle and then I, it might draw the attention to a pair of socks for whatever reason. Oh, wow. And it's just, but it's like, it's really subconscious, you know? And a, a lot of the merchandise- Doesn't that, sound subconscious, sounds very conscious well, in your me, mind, right, yeah. For me, it's very conscious, but as I, as I layer it or dress it and stuff like that, I want to touch into the subconscious. So it's one of those like, I decided what I want it to look like, but I want others to make it, to, to, to see it or view it as if like, oh, that's just super casual. Oh. Like just the random little hits. So you put a lot of work into looking like you didn't put a lot of work into it. I don't put a lot of work into it. I think it. that's what fashion is. I've that's heard like, that. That I've, is what I've it is. I've heard that definition. Oh, sure. Right. I, you know how long it takes to make your hair look like you just woke up? For Or you can just wake and, up. And but the, I was, but I this was is, like, but is this that is a perfect question? example. Is there, it's, a, it's, there's, it's a duality, right? There are people that maybe take a lot of work into doing things and stuff like that. And there are people that just kind of feel because it just, it just feels this way. You just kind of layer it. You put it together. So that it does seem like there is some sort of little bit more effort, where there is an effort coming in, but it's not so preconceived and contrived. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm going to spend time in making this happen. It's just what it makes you feel, you know. And that's kind of how we merchandise the store as well and stuff like that. We look at colorways and palettes and stuff like that. And I look for just the random little hits. It could be the smallest colorway on a on a label that kind of just like stands out. And then I'll put it next to a shirt that might have wow. that same colorway that's completely different. And to some, you look back at it and you're like, okay, but then there's something subconscious that draws it or ties it all together. And for me, I'm about that subconscious tie together uh, that works for me. But you know, I, but I end up pulling from my 
sail rack more than anything else. I'm not like, oh, I love that. I'm going to pull it. I'm just like, what do I got in my size on a sail rack? That works for me. You kind of build things and you build your inventory. And That's the opportunistic side of it, right. I think. Right. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of women, and it's funny. This kind of translates into how women and, and men shop differently. Like men, we compartmentalize oh, yeah. things a little bit where we're just like, I need board shorts. Where's the 34s? Or where's the 32s? Or where are these? Okay, you look within what's your size. What do I have to choose from? Cool. Done. Whereas I, I've noticed and I've been told from some women, they just know what's in their closet. They have a great inventory collection going on up here and they buy pieces that just add on to whatever it is that they have. They just buy pieces add on. They have bad pieces. So they keep an inventory of what they got and they add on to it. Whereas for us, it's a little, for guys, I feel so it's impulse buys a little bit more where you're just like something just speaks to you at it's that moment. It's either impulse, it's complete impulse or complete necessity. Right. There's like nothing between the two for me. Right. It's like, I have no socks. <laughs> I need to buy socks, I think, because right. I have to and wear them all of a sudden. Right. And, it, and if you happen to be in a store where they carry Ruka socks, you'll buy them. Or if you happen to be in Walgreens and they have some socks and you remember, I'll buy those. Yeah, yeah. So it just it doesn't really matter. Unless I was looking for really cool socks, which has never happened in my life. <laughs> but there are a lot of cool socks out there. I know. I'm actually thinking mm -hmm. about changing my sock game. Well, listen, I, I don't, like before the sock game got so good, like between stance and richer and poor and stuff like that, like I, years ago, like 10, 12 years ago, I, I wanted to do a sock company because I felt socks were the, was the working man's tie. You know, it was because this, was, is, this is what you're pushing forward. No, I mean, like years ago, I go, well, everyone's doing it now. So what's the point? But it was one of those things where like the sock was so subtle. It was the one of those things where is the, where the working man's, man's tie. tie, Well, like a tie, right? There's certain colors that create power, they create energy. There's something that translates into it, where if you're wearing it at a certain time, it, you walk into a room, it commands a certain kind of attention. Mm -hmm. Whereas socks, it's this subtle look. It's like there's two inches at the bottom of the cuff of your pants, whether you're wearing pants that are like super hipster high or you even got a little lower at some point you get to see the socks but it's one of those things where if you notice somebody's socks from a distance and it's got some pizzazz or some sort of color and then again i'm just talking from my perspective that i'll look and i'll be like oh this guy's got a little something in him this guy's got a little you know pizzazz going on you know and it, for me it was just it spoke more volume than just having your white well, tube socks well it's because guys are generally allowed to make decisions on two things Socks and ties. Everything else is like gray, uh, black. It's all predetermined, yeah. And so she, it's that's like, the only thing you can put that's like colorful. Exactly. It's Maybe like, like a little curtain. Which is why Jerry pocket. Garcia yeah. had his ties. He right. had like a whole tie collection. Right. Yeah, like, I have one. It's crazy. Yeah. But but it's true, Just like those little things, but it's weird how the sub and, and that's so much I think of fashion and stuff like that where they tie into it's that emotional connection. What does it do for you? Again, I, I refer back to my over 20 pairs of board shorts infatuation that I have that I can't get rid of certain ones. I, I've got a bunch of shirts that I just I, I pack up and I put aside because it's like there's some sort of feeling to it. There's some sort of connection. And as a retailer and how we do things at here and, and merchandise and stuff, it's my job to curate what the brand story is gonna be and how that emotionally connects to the person that's coming in here so that they say, this makes me feel something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on. And aside from with the experience of being here and the conversations we have where they're just like, I remember this shirt or I remember these shorts from that time I purchased it from over here, you know? But, yeah, but those experiences don't necessarily just happen at retail stores or happen at restaurants. They happen at different places. We're seeing so much yeah, more of that curation. People like to come to a surf shop because there's something about it 
Right. Uh, we talk, actually, we've talked about it here before, right. I think. is like when they come out and they buy something, like they feel good. Right. They feel cool. There's something about dressing like a surfer, whatever that means to whoever is wearing it. And I don't even know like what is like a surfer-inspired outfit or look because it's changed so many times. It's like used to be super short shorts that were like made out of canvas. It's like, is that surfer style? Or is it? Like, I mean, we're back to short shorts again. You yeah. Know? So I, I don't know what exactly it is, but apparently, like surfers have had like a compass on it that people have been like, oh, whatever they're doing, that's pretty cool. I'm just gonna follow that. Well, surfing had always been counterculture for such a long time, and then it became part of culture. It became its own culture of which other industries and other cultures, you know, borrowed from. Uh -huh. So you know, all of a sudden, you had the fashion industry jumping into it. You had just even the retail industry. I mean, like, where do you think the birth of Hollister came from? Abercrombie okay. needed something to combat, you know, where Quicksilver was coming to in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. as far as building all these retail and stores at the malls and, and PacSun, your buckles, your Tillys and stuff like that. And they were like, well, we, and they fabricated a story. Hollister's built off of a made up story of some guy in a shed Great in Northern branding. California. Love it. And right. all of a sudden, like, so, but you walk in, it's like the sense that they put in the air. It's the low lighting. It was yeah. the fact that all their staff would ignore people. Still don't understand that. <laughs> don't understand that part. But for whatever reason, it killed it for them. And people that bought stuff there, whether you were in Wisconsin or whether you were in the coastline of Texas, you felt like you were a surfer because you bought that stuff. Right. And, and it's, it's, it, it's so weird where it came from to where it went through industry and through mm -hmm. the necessity for making money or the other's necessities for making money and where we're at now, we're now because of the, the retail world has gotten through a little bit of purgatory for the last couple of years, online purchasing and stuff like that, where it's different. The early 2000s where we're kind of like, as, as a surf shop owner, you can go ahead and throw a dart at whatever and you'd sell it because surf was cool as far as dressing like a surfer again. Uh -huh. And then, you know, economy tank, things kind of went weird and everyone's been kind of figuring things out. But I'm noticing there's a lot of brands like Quicksilver and like Billabong that are start, starting to now return back to the root of what made them cool as far as culture and going away from worrying about so much of their bottom line that they used to and oversaturating the market and, and, and putting product and, and different up. distribution channels like your Marshalls and stuff like that, which unfortunately kept someone like me away from brands like that because I'm like, I'm not going to feed people out there the same thing that you can get at Marshall's down the street and it's going to be 20 bucks less. It's like, why? What, what, what's the mm -hmm. point? A lot of what we do is try to protect the integrity of the clothing and making sure that the, what you're wearing is only one of seven or one of 10 mm -hmm. out there. You know, And I think people have kind of come to appreciate that individualness that it is in wearing your product. And when you can find a place that you can find stuff that you know is not oversaturated, that so many people are wearing it, kind of, kind of makes you feel a little better. At least it makes me feel better. That's a different angle on it. Yeah, but those are for people that might shop at particular shops because obviously you guys' shopping patterns are completely different than everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that's what keeps me in business, hustling, trying to make guys like you change your ways. I'm hopefully, you know, putting shirts out there, shorts out there that you guys are like, you know what? I'm gonna throw this guy a bone. That's kind of cool. Well, I think it just, there's a certain like way people carry themselves that more defines like dressing like a surfer. So I have a friend that saw a picture of me in a suit and she was like, that's so funny. I can still tell you're a surfer and you're wearing a suit. I was like, well, what do you mean? 
And I think it was just like this, like you carry yourself differently when you surf. Like you can kind of how you wear it. You can kind of like, I could look at you and I could tell you surf now just because of the way you like carry yourself Hmm. almost. Or like, what is it? Is it the easygoingness? Is it the shoulders down a little bit? I mean, is it the, and it's, it's not everybody surf clearly, but like there's, it's almost like a, like a mafia where it's like, you can kind of tell by the way, like, and it may not be immediate, but it's like, okay, that guy's wearing Vans. Right. Vans generally is a counterculture skate, snowboard, surf shoe. Interesting enough, like maybe he just wears those shoes because he likes them. Maybe he's a surfer. And then it's like, next thing you know, it's like, oh, he's like at a, uh, an event where a band's playing where, you know, like two to three guys in the band are also surfers. And you're like, mm. okay, now you've got a guy wearing Vans. It's at a concert. That's like two to three guys. Are the, it's like, you sort of like build a case for it almost. And you're like, you see a guy walking down the street here early in the morning when you think there might be a wave and he's wearing like a. Hurley hoodie or something. You're right. like, I could probably ask him how it is. Right. I don't recognize right. him, but I could right. I could ask him how's it look out there. Right. right. Because of the location that he was. And it's and like the hour. seventy degrees and he's wearing a hoodie. So yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's must certain, be Miami. Yeah. Certain peculiarities <laughs> that we carry. It's like if you, oh, it'd be like another one. It's like if you have like a tub in the back of your car, like a big uh, for your wetsuit or something like that, <sighs> and you're just like. Oh. I drive a truck. I don't know what that's about. Oh, well, <laughs> me too. Yeah, we've got yeah, it's a Northeast thing. Maybe it's not so no, relevant No, I, I get it. You know, we're where it's just like certain just calling cards that you can like look at. It's like, oh, or like right now, I, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but I've got a pretty good wetsuit tan going. <laughs> and so it's like. My it, hands are sunburned yeah, from yesterday. Just yeah. my hands. Do you have like the top of your neck burned and the bottom of your neck completely white? You're probably a surfer. I'll tell you what I, I went. I you know I go to expos and, and shows and stuff like that, and they're mostly all surf skate driven. But I went to uh, the outdoor retailer show this past summer uh, in Utah, and I was invited to kind of look because oh, interesting. it was it was it's all these other uh, sports from rock climbing to camping to kayaking to paddleboarding, um, but it was just all these other sports, um, and for me it was just interesting that on the fashion side you have to ask yourself well what do these board sports have to offer in regards to fashion and 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 whatnot we see where surfing's come from we see that skating you know Mm -hmm. spawned off of the surfing part and stuff like that and less north face is what they have right right (laughs) it's less way less north face i mean it's no more puffy jackets and stuff like that you know they're warm though right those are great but those are are those necessity pieces those are necessity (laughs) pieces but you i noticed that there were a lot more brands that were really moving in that fashion forward direction but really? like in shorts for summer and stuff like that they're still producing four-way stretches and they're but uh, they might be adding a, a, a loop on the short for your carabiner if that's how you say it god i'm so bad at this i wish i knew but uh, <laughs> but could you tell everyone apart like could you tell like the rock climbing crew from the surf crew and stuff like that but there was no surf there but you could but it felt like it felt like everybody was still under that same umbrella. Like it, it like it's, it, it's transitioned to it all. Like we're all 
in it together, so to speak. Like we're all kind of like the 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 differences were so minute, and they were more geared towards that sport that they were doing. But you know, certain cuts and just even certain the fact that there was even I guess the fact that there was even any sort of uh, direction in fashion was the impressive part. That it wasn't just like that really rough. 50-50 cotton that you're getting at a gas station and stuff like that, that you're just like, it's wearable if you're well, fixing those, your house. That industry is so much out. bigger than surfing. Right. The rest the rest of like outdoor sports compared to surfing is ginormous. When I was there, like, I didn't fishing, know, but the, for example. The, the outdoor market is about, is about one-sixth of the country's like, GDP. Yes, I know. Yeah, one sixth of the country's GDP is the outdoor market. Yeah, we love so that, outdoor recreation. That's everything. So it goes America. to show you. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, but it, it's it, it's, but it, it's a testament to the fact that they changed that they moved this show from Utah, Park City, Utah, that they had for over thirty years. Mm-hmm. They moved it to Colorado because? because the governor decided to go ahead and open up all the state parks to oiling. Well, I believe it was to... Uh, they were selling off rights to right. certain uh, lands that were previously set aside for preservation. Right. And so it pissed and off everybody. not only did they do that, but they did it in a way so that there was critical habitats that were kind of like pathways for wildlife that became separated from each other, essentially bifurcating the way nature worked. Right. So it's like you might as well have just taken all of it because you took these two pieces of it right things like this right so it it, it forced a huge industry to move from that state to somewhere else where turns out the lobby for outdoor sports is enormous due to the fact that they are such a huge part of the economy and when i was there i was talking to like uh, waiters bartenders and stuff like that and they were all so bummed so bummed because they knew that this would come and and uh, that show would come every year uh, or twice a year and at that point it was it just generated so much money yeah. for them that in those small towns that sometimes don't get a lot of activity or, or action that holds them over for four or five months you know and so it's a big detriment uh to them and now and you know colorado here you go we went way off yeah. the topic How, How that's a beautiful thing about what we do we went into colorado we probably, we probably overpassed instagram live too oh we're getting there i think we're almost at an hour no. uh but you know but that but that's what this conversation's are all no about, it's, right? it's, it goes it goes wherever but that's that's the whole thing so like surf style did uh like dressing like a surfer whatever the heck that means did influence other sports to have their own style and now some of those things have pushed back to the point where they're like political forces and you can almost like recognize these things in terms of trade shows and they're like their own economic dancing we're dancing well they're like their own economic force and so like dressing like a surfer is now like changing where people are holding giant conferences and uh maybe even changing the way laws are written or laws are pushed back it's just it has uh, I guess like a calling card towards a movement or towards like a lifestyle that if you dress like a surfer or you dress like a rock climber or you dress like a fisherman or you dress like a hunter, whatever those things are. Like right. If you're wearing like like real camo, like right. people are hanging out and just like going to the bar. I'm like, yeah, I'm a real my real camo. This is my nice new one. And it's like 
Get what? her done. Yeah, and like that's that's part of their culture now too. So I I don't know like how many other cultures but I mean, happen but, uh, like that. But I guess I could relate to anything, right? I mean, if you were in the deep south and you're cruising around and you you see somebody with like full on camo garb and stuff like that, you're gonna probably think that's the person's a hunter. Right. They're probably hunting wild pig and boar. Not so much anymore. No. That's the cool thing. That's just like but just I, like surf stuff. It's what? like if you see a guy wearing like you like what we were talking about before, like the guy in Japan who's like decked out. Right. Fins in backwards, right. like <laughs> Zinka, whatever. Look the part, but uh, you can tell Zinka. something's a little off. Same thing. It's like the guy that's like wearing like real tree camo at the bar. You're like, you probably don't hunt. Or maybe you do, but you're not really like about the game. And and it's just they they kind of like take from the culture a little bit and they pull it into fashion. Um, but you know, I think at certain points there's certain pieces like shirts, hats, and stuff from certain companies that represent certain sports um, that people just identify or want to wear because they want people to. It's a flag, right? It's a flag that you wear. For example, we have fishermen down it. here. It's like a calling card right. almost. It's a, it's a, you're letting people know where you stand. So you know, um, with fishermen or people that fish down here and stuff like that, they love they love. Companies like Ocean Grown Gear, uh -huh. or they they love this company or that company uh -huh. uh, because if they wear that, they letting people know I fish, I do this. Pelagic, all yeah. these other companies, and the same thing that was such a huge identity for surfing. Where if you wore Volcom, if you wore Quicksilver, O'Neill, you kind of represented what that culture was about. Right. And what I found interesting in, in over the years of being in surf retail was that people kind of just gravitated to certain companies and said. I'm a Vulcan person. I'm an O'Neill person. I'm a this kind of person. Well, yeah, it started to like move right. beyond surf cult, beyond just being a, a surfer and representing that in your right. fashion. It was, I'm a surfer that wears Vulcan because right. it's because, this. Right. Or I wear Billabong because it's like that right. or what have you. So that whatever it is that speaks to you in regards to what that company represents. And I found that 10 years ago when we launched into this surf world, of stuff that we worked with companies that weren't the big box brands completely. Uh -huh. You know, we worked with smaller companies that most people weren't given much shelf space for, from Dayhouse to Critical Slide Society to Insight way back in the day, uh, Iron and Resin, uh, Rourke, and a lot of them had a great story to tell, like campfire stories, mm -hmm. um, but it was different. It wasn't your typical surf clothing. It was just cool clothing, things that you could wear out to dinner as a, right. a casual dinner or things that you could just, it was just wearable every single day. And it wasn't just something that was super branded and it was just, it was, they were, they were, went, went subtle, you know, and they kind of just told a story in what they wore. It's kind of like they went back to stuff that surfers wear that became in like the, the popular, the popular realm, surf clothes. Right. It's like, no, these are just clothes. Right. And it's like, why did you call them surf clothes? It's like, well, you surf, right? You're like, uh-huh. It's like, well, all you guys wear that stuff. Right. And it could it, back in the day it was like Keds, right. denim right. and like a white t-shirt. Right. Right. Probably with like right. cigarettes rolled and up then, and like and then, one. and then as we get into the 90s, like all the board shorts were like 22 inches long. They were way past your knees. Yeah. You know? That and was the day. If, yeah, and if you want those back. And then if you were Love a Cali those. guy, you were like, you know, way past your legs and you know, you had the dickies that were super long and then when Junko Junkos came in and stuff like that, but you had long tube socks as well. Yeah, I need, work with I need long board shorts. You know, <laughs> so but you know Beyond my knee. <laughs> Always, please. <laughs> 
I know, yeah. but that, that's where now the, we don't carry anything longer than 20 inches over here, you know, for the most part. Like, I, like, I want to institute the Catholic school rule for girls' skirts, for guys' shorts. two fingers or two yeah, fingers you over the kneecap? Yeah, put your hand at your side, and wherever your hand falls, your skirt has got to be... I just, I just bought these shorts at Walmart uh, when I was in Colorado. We had to buy team shorts because we're out there skiing. Things went sideways, got a little western. We couldn't do the trip we were planning on. We wind up doing a random day in the hot spring. We had to buy team shorts because no one had shorts to get in the water with because uh -huh. it's snowy, right? So we, Snow in Colorado? We, yeah, yeah. So we go, we go to, you the, weren't prepared we for go that, to huh? the Walmart and we come across these like $5 9 inch inseam bright green shorts. Huh. The they they surf terrible because they don't stretch it like they're super uncomfortable. But they're the best looking shorts that I have. Like, I don't know why you want ah, shorts made over function. here. The age old I, problem. Yeah, I, I can't. I've worn them like twice and they're terrible. But but you like them. But they look so good. They're like bright green and they're like to here. It's just not even like it's not appropriate. But it's so <laughs> good. I don't know why you want shorts flapping around past your knees, but the short ones. That's. I, that's but all, all those have, styles have, have, have changed over the years. You know, you went in the 90s in a certain way and then early yeah, 2000s in a certain way. And, and we're at where we're at now. And I feel like it's kind of like morphed itself, at least with what we do here, um, to being more about, you know, does it feel good? You know, do, it's not about the brand. Those don't feel good. Right. If you can hook <laughs> me up with those shorts that feel good. I'll pay money for that. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. Next, we're coming up with a private label for Caleb. It's, it's just be bright green and really nothing short. Nothing but short shorts and bright green, and and really bright short. green colors. <laughs> I think we've got a bestseller on our hands. Yes. I think it'll work. Visla, looking at you. We've got a creator. In Can it. you make it with and coconut and, uh, <laughs> and plastic bottles? Yeah, too? coconut oh. upcycle. Yeah, upcycled green short shorts. Which is a lot of what companies do, right? I mean, they're kind of always pushing the, you know, the edge a little bit in what they're doing. So the materials that they use as well from I think it's recycled plastic. The edge or, on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that is uh, dressing like a surfer. You are a surfer, so. Dress how you want. If you want some help, come on over. I'll help you out. <laughs> yeah. Someone will emulate it for sure. <laughs> doesn't matter but brad thank you for emulating my outfit today yeah i mean i i think i did a pretty good job and might i add i think he should keep the mustache and let's see how far yes. he can go. well we'll let the fans Girl, decide I actually we'll, we will definitely not let them say i'm probably gonna shave like tomorrow morning <laughs> no. but uh it's been it's been a little bit of fun actually on the way over here just quick segue uh into this i uh was skating over and this guy in a truck just looks over at me and this gives me like this nod. And I was like, the only thing I could possibly think Aloha shirt is the mustache and the oh. Aloha shirt has given this guy some sort of reason to nod. Like I'm also driving a truck or, you know, like Jeep drivers. They like kind of like, Oh yeah. There's, there's like an unspoken brotherhood of the beard. Yeah. But when somebody speaks it, it gets really weird. It's That's true. Oh, I remember when I had so I, I grown up. Well, I think I'm doing bit. it right now because yeah, this guy like the like oh yeah, this guy you went this guy the like itchy phase. Yeah, this guy Get was on. like, "What's up?" I was like, "I." Hmm? Dude, the mustache commands power, bro. Is I I had like different experiences walking down the street and there's like 
little children playing like parents are like flocking their children closer to them you're at the early stage right now which is a creepy stage i don't really like this anymore (laughs) give it time give it time i think i'm I'm probably done with this if you guys see with this next week it's probably because they bet me Well, I'll say that, you know, the mustache, as soon as it grew in, all of a sudden commanded attention. I mean, we're like the other day when we were surfing a couple of weeks ago and we saw Austin, yes. you know, in the water. He was just like, I've seen that mustache. I like it. Yeah. That guy's from Thank You Surfing. I'm like, really? This thing? Well, I you know. spotted that on the road the other day. That's right. You first thing, first thing, I see him off the island, like out in the wild. And I was like, through the path of the driver's side window. I think I know that mustache. And then he comes around and big first sticker on the back of the truck. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, that's Chris. (laughs) This is kind of weird. There you go. You want to stand out in the world? It's not about fashion. It's about the mustache or facial hair. This thing is definitely going to go. This thing is definitely going to (laughs) go. All right. So this is uh, apparently server style is having facial hair this week. Uh, Stay tuned next week where you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I might not have a mustache. I kidding. will probably not have one. I'm guessing Caleb will probably have this whole it's thing. It's probably not going to go anywhere. Right. <laughs> Too lazy to ship. Caleb, right. thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. that was sweet. Boom, yeah. boom. Lead us out of here, Bradley. Uh, thanks so much for joining us for Talk Story, episode 11. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll be at Purdy Lounge at 9 p.m. to celebrate Malaka's journey onto his next trip. Yep. Into, uh, into Better love. Tomorrows yeah. and all that. Um, please join us. Purdy Lounge, Miami Beach. We are going to wrap this up. We're going to see you next week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Caleb, for joining us. And Peace. for doing all the audio visual. This guy yeah. kills it. God. It's going to get much better from here just because of this guy. Hopefully. Yeah. Right, <laughs> a lot bye. of pressure. Cheers. <laughs>